Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, audience. This is the fourth installment of Pilot's Guide to Nonchalance, a recap podcast of the new AMC original television show, Dispatches from Elsewhere. I, John, am joined here with Angelo and Andrew to break down episodes seven and eight of the show proper. Boys, how are you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Doing I'm great. Doing well. We've got a lot to discuss in today's episode. Uh, episodes, I should say. A uh, bit of a roller coaster. Uh, it takes you to what you believe to be the peak, and then you go down the hill, and then you're like, oh, there's another peak, and then you go down the hill again, and then there's another peak. Don't really know quite where things are going from here, uh, where we let our, where we're sort of sent out to after episode eight. You sort of sort of feels like things are wrapping up, but uh, something's brewing. I'm I'm imagining, and we're gonna we're gonna break all of it down. But um, anyway, how did you two feel about these these two episodes comparatively to the to the scheme of the rest of the season so far? Sure. Um, for me, definitely seven felt like some closure. But like you were saying with the peaks, mm-hmm. it, it just kind of ramped right back up. And, and like the rest of the season, each episode... Um, kind of leaves you hanging, which is normal. And there has been some, some, um, I guess, leading up to different aspects of each storyline. And and this episode seven definitely led off with um, a lot more questions about who the architect is and who Clara really is. Um, and then and then episode eight just kind of picks right back up and. Uh, and I guess it, it goes. It delves deeper into um, uh, Lee's character, who who we see at the end mm-hmm. of seven, um, and then yeah, it just it, it it just continually rolls into more building of of the characters and story type of thing. So it's it it was good. I I mean it, they were enjoyable episodes. Um, had some ups and downs, but yeah, they were they were good overall. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew, what do you think? Yeah, no, I really like them too. I think the thing that I'm missing from these episodes are those fun animations. We mm. haven't really been having them since Clara's episode, I think, was the last one, right? Yeah, yeah. Episode five, that would be. Yeah, they they were really fun. And I, was, I think we were all kind of hoping that that was going to be a more common theme than it was, but... I mean, I mean, there's still time. They'll probably bring yeah, another oh, yeah. one. They'll probably bring another one back before the end. But I mean, you like think they'd have to. Yeah, I do. I really, really liked both of these episodes. I think that, like, as a like a narrative low point, it's got to be like one of my favorites that I've ever seen. Mm, interesting. <laughs> and we can get there when we get there. But I, I just thought, I don't. I, I think you know what I'm talking about with uh, with you know who swinging from the ceiling. <laughs> Singing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Huh. Oh, that was. We know who. Oh, we know who. Yeah. No, it was. I. I personally wasn't really expecting that. Yeah. No. It, it's. It was something. It was something quite strange. And and we will go right into it. Uh, be advised if you are listening to this for the first time. I know we have a lot of uh, new listeners trying to catch on to uh, 
and understand these dispatches from elsewhere television show. This is a heavy spoiler cast. Uh, we will be talking and breaking down the whole episodes uh, without leaving too much meat that isn't devoured by our thoughts. Um, so just just be aware that that if you haven't watched the episodes yet, we suggest that you go back and watch the episodes. Or if you're content to just hear what happens, we're going to lay it all out too. So whatever suits your, you know, I was going to say suits your boat. Whatever floats your boat, you do you. Uh, but we're going to get into it, I think, because now's a better time than ever. Episode 7. Well, episode 6 left us off in the apartment of uh, the supposed milkman. And we join our heroes kicking around rocks, deciding whether or not they want to call the cops, because it looks like there was some foul play uh, that was afoot. But uh, quickly, quickly they decide the cops ain't it. They're not going to do that, because why, on, why would you call... Fred runs right. on too many watch lists. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's a conspiracy theorist. You don't want to. You don't want to get that guy involved. And uh, and I love that. I love Fredwin. Fredwin's Fredwin's my boy. Fredwin's our boy. Fredwin is and still is the best character in this television show. And uh, yeah, so you know, no cops. And then we get into a chase scene. Chase scene. Who can? can how about we? How about we talk about this? This hunting down of the the milkman just for what it is. He pops up in the elevator, and they're like, "Oh, shit! That's a guy with the milk mm -hmm. that I've seen several times." Mm -hmm. They chase him back down the elevator, and then the whole show sort of cracks open like an egg, mm -hmm. and a lot of these details spill out, like like the the whites and the yolk of said egg, <laughs> and it's all over everybody's face. Correct. Yeah, I think you summed it up. That's the end of episode six. <laughs> yep, yep. That's it. Now, That's yes, it. Um, I think it's also important to point out, like, just how crazed Peter is at this point. He, oh, yes. He is very, very into this theory that, like, Clara is a real person and that she's in mortal danger and she needs to be rescued. Mind mm -hmm. you, she's been... <clears throat> If, if their theory is correct, she's been um, captured for at least 20 years now. Right. So, yeah, he's he wants to rescue her more than anything. And he, he leads this chase to, um, I guess it's like some, like, basement or something like that. Yeah, sort of like, a, I don't even, I don't even know. He, he goes, well, he finds some shafts and falls in. Uh, falls in and he's, he's got to have a broken bone there's no way he's fallen absolutely. so many times <laughs> absolutely angela what were you gonna were you gonna say well no i the last um pod that we recorded we at the end we kind of talked about the names of each episode and mm -hmm. the name or the episode name of of seven was titled uh cave of kelpius so whatever the heck that is <laughs> i exactly uh, i don't think they ever say that once do they i, I do not recall but I mean, no. yeah. It, I, don't, I mean, as far as like a basement, I guess they consider it a cave, even though it, it was mm -hmm. definitely like a a stage or like some kind of set that they weave their way through. But mm -hmm. yes, Peter is very broken. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Physically and Quite mentally. Broken. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, in his days, as he is he, they chase this milkman down into this basement cave, whatever you want to call it. Peter takes a heavy fall, and uh, nobody really follows him. None, none of his teammates really follow him right away. They sort of just say, "Are you okay?" And he's like, "I gotta go find, you know, Claire. I gotta go save her." 
and he gets a pretty big head start on his team teammates before they even realize that like he's alive. He's, <laughs> he's alive and he's seeing Clara, which is probably just some mental like some some product of his poor mental state and stress and uh brain injuries from sustained from his fall. Uh but he does see he does see a Clara down there. Or what what we understand Clara to be from the past couple episodes, and uh, she she uh, she asks him to remember the truth, whatever we can uh, whatever we can say that is, and then his teammates finally catch up with him. So now that the now that they're all back together, it's time to explore some caves. I think the, fir- the f- they first find the um, the prop room where mm-hmm. Fredwin discovers the uh, the dossiers on all of the players. Yes. Yes, which they kind of just pass off in that episode. So like they, he at least has those dossiers now. Um, and then they try to look for the, uh, they continue to look for the the milkman. Right, because that's the, they're giving chase to him directly. Mm-hmm. But it ultimately, it ultimately turns out that the milkman led them to what looks like some sort of uh, cultish ritual. Uh, Angela, do you do you care to? Care to elaborate on on said cult that they just sort of happen to bump into? Yeah, I mean, in my notes, I literally just have a bullet point that just says cult question. <laughs> like it was very, I mean, you walk, you, I mean, they walk into what seems to be two different <coughs> factions, and I guess like as you've been watching, you, you kind of can piece together that each one would be the Jejun Institute and then the Elsewhere Society, and right. I mean, Yellow unless, versus blue. Yeah, I mean, unless for some reason you haven't been following the show and, and you watch this episode and you're just like, okay, what the hell did they just walk into? But, mm-hmm. yeah, it was very cultish. and um, I, they, think, I think it's worth mentioning that they're, they're the players. That they're the players. Yes, yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Peter um, and, and the rest of the group, they all walk in, uh, not in the the garb that everyone else is wearing and uh, they're just kind of like standing off to the side as they watch everyone else mm-hmm. d- perform some kind of I don't even know if they're like performing a ritual oh. but it's like oh no 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 <laughs> it's more of like they're they start discussing about Clara correct well yeah yeah well well that this is this is the best this is the I love this I love this a lot uh Janice somehow got the robes someone guy was like put these on and just like now she's in the blue robes, so she's in the the elsewhere society associated robes because blue is associated with Commander Fourteen and yellow is associated with uh, regular Octavio Coleman Esquire. And uh, yes, they're they're standing off to the side, and these two factions are about to to war it out. Uh, we see a man from the blue side hold up a big green uh, dragon egg rock sil. Uh, sphere thing which he calls the stone of saltaria mm. and you're like what the hell is that <laughs> never never been mentioned before but this is what they were doing uh i guess while um you know the rest of our four heroes were out trying to crack the case here but remember there's hundreds of other people playing this game and people fall on either side of jejun or elsewhere and you know, they they argue over the stone because the blue side thinks that the stone can bring Clara back. 
uh, to them and the yellow side's like, oh, we want to bring Clara back to us for Jejun. And it's like they, they start button heads. And uh, that's when that's when the fearless leaders of both sides make their way to the stage. And uh, we see, huh, Commander 14 and uh, Octavio as well. They're right next to each other. Neat. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we, we do find out at the end of six that they are the same or at least they are voiced by the same person and they are quite literally the same person quite literally <laughs> yes and mm -hmm. uh and yeah they appear on stage and everyone is uh kind of thrown for a loop yeah did it ever occur to us that did we ever say that they could be twins did we ever no. once say that nope didn't think about that <laughs> mainly because <laughs> richard e grant doesn't have a twin <laughs> Well, it doesn't. I mean, I mean, I guess. yes. In the show, I, I I think that was my like. I didn't. I never thought of twins in the show, mainly because yes, I don't think they would they would make him into a twin. But they ended up mm -hmm. doing that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> wait. What was their name again? Chucks. They were together. Chucks. Chucks. <laughs> yes. They were both named Chuck, and uh, that's weird. I I don't <laughs> think that's ever been a thing that you name two twins by the same name but whatever just to you know add to the level of confusion yes these are the brothers chuck uh which we find out later when they're out of character but they're just two regular dudes that got casted for the story octavio is a figurehead uh as much as commander 14 is and he was just you know the top build actor in this big production because that's for you know from what we're slowly beginning to come to grips with in the the middle to the beginning to middle of this episode it really was just all uh, you know a big production it is just a game after all just a game after all um and then they reveal uh clara who was also <laughs> yep. an actor which kind of broke my heart a little bit i was really hoping <laughs> mm -hmm. that it wasn't mm -hmm. so but then I think, because, like, not only did it break my heart, but it definitely broke Peter's heart. It broke everybody's heart that realized, like, oh, we've been going through this, and it was all for naught. Oh, dude. And then... The talk about the talk about how she comes down, though. Oh, my God. Yeah, so <laughs> the greatest low point in literally any piece of fiction that I've ever seen is her <laughs> singing Don't Stop Believing while everybody is miserable. <laughs> they couldn't have picked a better fucking song for this. Oh God! It it hit it hit in a certain way, <laughs> deep down inside. It hit Peter in a certain way too. I mean, he oh my God storms the stage in an angry rage, mm -hmm. takes the mic straight out of her hands, as she's still dangling, which I find hilarious. Oh, that was great! Mm -hmm. That was great. And she turns out just to be like this little brat, right? And, and her, you know, her her agent got her uh, two solos, and this is one of one of those two solos. You know, don't stop believing. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. No, so uh, I fe I felt that that was that hurt. Now, not to lose it in in the discussion, but uh, Octavio Commander Chuck's boys uh, <laughs> they 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 help us come to the realization that. And, and, you know, the audience starts realizing it too, you know. This is something, this this whole experience was just to, like, figure out a way to understand each other and, you know, put aside our differences. And, like, that... Have fun. Like, the, the group, the group, uh, I, I forget I forget who, maybe it was Simone, is just like, oh my god, all, the, all that was was just, un, like, it was a game about cooperation. And that was it. And they're all just like, 
dumbfounded, even though Peter's, you know, going on his rage, they're just like, well, shit, it's, <laughs> it was nothing. And the more I think about it, maybe that's why the the big orb was green, because, like, one side's blue, one side's yellow, they fight over this orb, and it's it's green, so, like, they're, they're, it's their colors combined. Eh, well, I'm just, that just sort of popped <laughs> into my head, and I'm like, oh, maybe, uh, maybe that's it. It's just this, this symbol of coalescing these two colors that are feuding into one because everybody is equal and we're all cool and let's all be friends. Yeah, maybe. And let's go to the after party. Everybody's hanging out at the hanging out at the after party. Can I? This is a lot to do. What do you got? You know, it just occurred to me like the people in the yellow robes were like really rec- really cool with knowing the fact that Clara is a real person and that she's a slave. Yeah. They were really like, okay with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yikes. That's a good <laughs> point. Yellow was Jejun, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. But they were regular-ass people that were just kind of, like, scooped up into this. Right. We need this girl for man. our side. Yeah. I know. Absolutely. <laughs> I think they're the real villains in all this. Just the, just the players for the yellow side? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess, considering their morals that they, like, <laughs> come down on weird wow they're the they're the they're the bad guys um yeah so so peter's so peter steals the mic and you know he, he talks about all this you know this whole thing's bullshit we got to save her but uh nobody's really playing along they think peter's just a goof and uh peter is going to take some heat now that uh everybody realizes the game's done we're gonna go hang out at the literal post-production after party uh in the cave there's food and drink and couches, and Peter is going to sit on said couch and be berated by uh, all the guests there and all the players who think he's just a, a goofball. Including Bigfoot. Including Squatch. Squatch, Squatch, Squatch is, uh, he, get, he gets some good camera time in this episode. He but does. Uh, take, us, take, us, take us down the road, Angelo. How does, this, uh, how does this sort of unravel at this party? Because we get a lot of, we get a lot of, character building i guess i guess that's sort of because now we're thinking the game's over i guess that's it time to learn about our characters that we don't still don't really know too much about yeah i mean there's there's a lot going on um Mm -hmm. i mean each each um character kind of ends up going on their own fredwin is still kind of wrapped up in his own head and and believes Mm -hmm. that whoever put this production together is um there's some someone greater behind all of this and that there is some reason behind why they did this and he feels the need to find um you know the 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 main figurehead um and and janice is kind of just mingling and she wants to feel i guess comfortable chatting with with some of the other players and she kind of like inserts herself in in group chats and and we see her discussion with um her younger self again we see another flashback or not flashback we see a, a, a her discussion with her younger self and um and she she kind of just gets in her feels and 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 yeah and then and then Simone I'm trying to remember it was it was a, there was a lot going on Simone was yeah. just kind of just hanging out she was Paul talking Peters. to uh, elegant squash, squatch. Yeah, the elegant, the elegant squash. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay, I got them mixed up. She was talking to him first, and then that's when Peter ended up talking to her. Correct. It was. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. 
yeah, there's it, I can there's just it goes back and forth, but um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, and oh, we we end up seeing Fred Wynn talking to Chuck uh, Chucks or one of the Chuck um, and <laughs> half, uh, half Chuck. of Chucks. <laughs> yeah, Chuck Chuck Prime, Chuck Prime actually, the the the, the OG Chuck. Yes. Uh, because he's looking, you know, Fredwin Fredwin's got to find that architect baby. Yeah, Fredwin Fredwin is he he can't believe that he got it wrong. Mhm. He says like I've never gotten it wrong before. There's no way I got it wrong. I mean, each character is just like I guess trying to detox from this the best that they can. So Janice wants to like be a part of like all these younger people. Who are like mm-hmm. having these conversations about what they did, um, and she feels so out of place because everyone is much younger than she is. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's making her feel feel pretty crappy. That's why she has that conversation with herself. Um, mm-hmm. Simone, like you said, is talking to Mister Squatch, who's trying to hit on her, but he's like, "Oh no, you're still into Peter, aren't you?" She's like, mm-hmm. "What are you talking about? No, I'm not. We're just friends." And he's like, "Bullshit." You're not just yeah. friends. Dude, and Elegant Squatch knows. Oh, yeah. Elegant Squatch knows. Mr. I can't believe that's his name. <laughs> that I his know. Name? I know. It's great. First it's Professor Foot, and now it's Elegant Squatch. Is that his yes. real and, name? And it's, not, and it's not a costume. It is not. I, for, as far as we understand. I think No, I think it is a costume, because in the next okay. episode, they kind of... I mean, they never say flat out that it's not, but I'm assuming that it's just like something that they glued on by like some I, makeup I artist. I guess. But we never see him in without his costume. I I, I don't know. That man has I, too much maybe. confidence for me to believe that he was born with all that hair. He was absolutely amazingly confident. Well, I I mean I just looked up in charisma. I mean I just looked them up on IMDb and and the man himself is bald. So that's <laughs> Okay. Well, that's his... yeah, but for the sake of the show, yeah, no, uh, for, yeah, for the show, it, I mean, he could totally be a real squatch. Real squatch. Mean, could maybe. be, maybe. Um, but yeah, who did who did this? Uh, Fredwin. Oh, yep. Fredwin has like this really fun thing where he's talking to um, the girl that played Clara too, and yeah, she's yeah, yeah. kind of like being a brat and ordering drinks, mm-hmm. and she's totally like underage. <laughs> Yeah, I guess unless she's like twenty-one, she's got to be under. She's got to be like eighteen or something. I guess she could be twenty because she was playing like a twenty-year-old, but still, that's not old enough to drink. That's that's true. That's true. Um, she's breaking the rules. She's breaking the rules. Um, but Fredwin's having this conversation with her, and she's just like, "Yeah, no, like, who cares if nobody likes you? The only one that matters is yourself." And then he he has this like really thing, like cool thing where he like remembers back to like his childhood and everything that's happened, and he's always just been a dick. Mm-hmm. He's just been a huge dick, and he feels bad, and so that's when he goes and looks for uh, Janice. Wait, yeah. I think I'm I think I'm missing something because I think that happens no, a little I, bit later. It it yeah they they there's there's the the Peter Simone connection that sort of derails that. But yeah, you're you are right though. Fredwin does sort of come to this realization because of this Clara conversation, which does happen before any Peter Simone Squatch matchmaking. Oh, does it? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think that's that's chronologically correct, but it's sort of all happening at once. So it, it's it's it doesn't really, I guess, matter. Uh, just that, just that we, you know, we're hitting on. Yes, Fredwin feels pretty bad, mm-hmm. but he he wants to come to grips with what he got wrong. 
mm-hmm. and Janice wants to feel friendship and companionship and if she feels like everybody of every one of her teammates left her not necessarily because they wanted to but because they were just like again like you said Andrew detoxing from the you know uh, reality shattering result of this game was just a game um but yeah let's you want to get into we should we should get into the matchmaking and the romance uh that has been you know pretty well played up the entire season and by pretty well played up the entire season i mean not uh, greatly played up for me but uh, you know i'm just that's just my opinion i know i agree because it was definitely like hot the first two episodes this like kindling of their relationship and then it just goes cold up until this moment Mm-hmm. Because they go mm-hmm. through this whole thing where, like, she's like, oh, I just want to be friends. And, like, right. okay, that's fine. But don't go back on that because I feel like you're just kind of undoing that, you know? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But um, that being uh-huh. said, the next episode fixed that for me. Uh, yes, I, I I agree that, that we get a lot. We get a lot more of... You get a lot better understanding and at least enough substance there that I, I feel like it was worth it that they had this connection established in the first seven episodes of the show. But yeah. we'll we'll get we'll get there in time. Right. So um, so yeah, the yeah. two of them like Peter is like, hey, can we dance? And so they dance awkwardly. Nothing really comes of that. And then <laughs> Simone, remember, Simone gets blitzed. Was she? Uh, well, she was. She I, she knocked back at least four shots. Mm, and, oh, that's right, and uh, <laughs> and that's when Squatch was like, "You got to marry that guy." <laughs> and, and you know, elegant Squatch is like putting in the work because look, if if uh, you know if she's you know if, if he knows he knows they're meant to be, he's done the research or he's been told the research via the dossier how they feel about each other, uh, but he's gonna push them together because you know if. And and if it's not going to be them ending up, then Squatch is going to get, you know, get some Simone action. But he's not ultimately <laughs> not going to get that. But yeah, they're they're dancing. So so from the from the dance floor, mm-hmm. things get a little sad, I guess, for Peter. Yeah. So what happens there? So it, it's awkward. Yeah. And they just kind of like, uh, it's, it's not really like working out or whatever. And then I think he has a conversation with Squatch after that, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Peter that's when that's when Simone like sort of runs off and Peter is like god I feel like crap and then Squatch is like come on bro you know she's like totally into you and Peter just being who he is as a character didn't like literally didn't get the cue mm-hmm. he didn't understand well, yeah, he thought he thought she was pitying him yeah yeah mm-hmm. and and then and then he she runs off and and Squatch tries to reason with him and he's just like oh my god I'm I'm an idiot yeah. <laughs> So what does Squatch it, convince him to do, though? <laughs> does he convince him to do that? Uh, <laughs> I, I think I think he's coerced into it via the Squatch. Okay, that's fair. I mean, he goes up and he steals the microphone yet again from hey, Clara. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. So, so good. It's so funny, cause, especially because he's singing on, <laughs> on my own from the musical Les Mis. Yeah, Les Mis mm. callback. Yeah, yeah. Best thing, best thing is that not only is her first solo interrupted, but her second solo is interrupted. So this little girl, this little brat, doesn't get anything out of this. 
She will not be a famous actress via this game. Sorry. Yeah, but she's, she'll still get paid, so that's also, all she'll I mean, yeah, she'll, get, she'll get paid. What are the odds that she's singing one of the only songs that Peter knows? Because remember, that, well, cause remember... Was she singing Les Mis? She was, yeah. She, that's, cause that oh. was, yeah, she was. He, huh. She was starting to sing, and then he stole the microphone from her and pushed her off the stage. Hmm. But I thought it was funny because uh, Angela, you just reminded me that that was his only um, yeah. CD in his car. Yeah, was that, was they, that was what that was what they talked God. about. Oh my God! Yeah, that's what I meant. Was when they when they first like when they went off on their own, um, like in the early episodes when Simone and Peter were together. She asked him like, "Be, like, be a be a person. Please tell me some things about you." And then she got out of him about the yeah the CD in his car. And that it wasn't even his CD. It was the CD that was left in that car that he bought. <laughs> oh, or whatever. right! Wow, really let that one slip by me. But me too. Peter loves Les Mis, baby. Good catch. <laughs> That's a great catch. Uh, so we, yeah, we as you know, as we already mentioned, Peter proceeds to sing the entirety of "On My Own" from the movie <laughs> Les Mis in a in a romantic gesture. This this sort of felt like. Um, I don't think I've seen the whole movie, but does this happen in that one Jason Siegel movie? Um, what's the one with the vampire um, musical that he, he writes? Oh, Forgetting, uh, Forgetting Sarah, Sarah, Marshall. Sarah Marshall. Yeah. Yeah. Does he like sing to her in that movie uh, or something? Well, he sings I the, I, I guess, he sings the vampire songs, I guess. Yeah, uh, but I don't think he sings to her. I forget. But he does sing. It feels like a Jason Siegel beat. He does sing in The Muppets. <laughs> he does sing in the Muppets. Yes. You're right. So he's got he's got the chops. He's got the chops. Which I mean are not evident early on in this performance. But no, he gets some was, vocal coaching rough. from Fredwin of all people. <laughs> it was Oh my god. <laughs> what? What are you gonna say, Angelo? No, no, it was just it was a rough start. And yes, what, what were you gonna say? Oh, the 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 Fredwin. The Fredwin? Because what Fredwin has come to this realization that he was a shit kid, and now he's like, I'm going to right the wrongs by trying to be a friend. And Fredwin is there as Peter's singing, and he, like, tells him, like, gives him, like, the the, the visual cues to, like, sing from your, your diaphragm. And he's just, like, puffing up his, his, his chest and, you know, telling Peter, project. And, like, Fredwin's there. He really is the life coach that he pretended to be in episode oh, six. Oh, yeah. And that... That was the sweetest thing to me, that he's there and he's not just like thinking about something else. He's like, okay, my my friend, quote unquote friend Peter, is trying to do what he wants to get Simone. So I'm going to be there for him because that's what a good friend should do. Oh, and, then um, Pe- and then Peter started yelling the the lyrics, and then Fred was like, "Dude, calm down, like, <laughs> come back, dude, come back." Yeah, it was, it was it was nice of Fredwin to do they, that. They got there together eventually. Yes, they got there. They did. They got there, and uh, yes, Peter and Simone also got there. They they passionately embrace. Mm. We get the kiss. We get another kiss. We get the the closure of like, wow, they did it. They made it. They're finally together. They finally share that those feelings from the second episode that were kindling on the roof, and you're like, yay, good for them. Or so we think. But uh, or so we think. And now Janice is missing. Yeah. So and that's when Fredwin is looking for her and trying to to hunt her down. Mm-hmm. Fredwin's just trying to be the best friend that he can, trying to make up for lost time because he realized he's he's been a prick. 
he's been a yeah. huge yeah. prick. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, yes, I, this is the friend. This is the right thing to do as friends. We gotta go, and we gotta go now because she's missing. Yeah, and yeah. and it's funny because like she had been missing for quite a while. Like they had totally forgotten about mm-hmm. her, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and which is the issue, right? Like that's that's what right. she, Janice is like sad about is that like she's totally forgettable because she's like not one of the not one of the young kids. Yeah. She doesn't right. feel that's like her, part of the her, gang. That's her plight. That's exactly her plight. She feels she feels like she's nothing other than a uh, a mother and a wife, right? Reinforced by her young self that she has many a conversation with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we join her. She's outside just trying to get a lift home when um, she comes across Lee, who she mm-hmm. discovers is the architect. Yes, she's the architect behind everything. The one that Fredwin's been looking for this whole time. Yep. The one that we saw at, at her apartment door uh, via the little girl in episode four mm-hmm. and the same woman that we saw in Clara's backstory in episode five, uh, the woman in black, and the she woman, is appropriately dressed in black. Mm-hmm. And the woman oh, who, oh. Ga- who gave uh, Octavio the envelope in, yep. in three. Was that three? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. She's been there in the background the entire time. Yep. Did you catch her? Oh, we kind of did before we accidentally spoiled it in last week's pod. But yes, she's she's here, the the architect. Mm-hmm. Um and she's pretty done with this thing. Um but Janice, fortunately for for being there around her teammates says, "Oh, I remember you. I I know who you are." Where as like any other player would just you know, not realize who this woman is. Mm-hmm. Janice says, "Hey, aren't you you? You're the architect." She, Jan, the light bulb goes off for Janice, and she's like, "Great!" Like, uh, and then they start to try to have a little bit of a conversation, and, and Janice says, "You know, what's the deal with Clara?" And uh, that's when we get the big reveal mm-hmm. that uh, Clara is dead, and it's all Lee's fault. Mm-hmm. Cut to black. Cut to black. End of episode. Great way to end, end episode. it. Great way to end it. It was a great way to end it. Uh, I do regret that. I, I Unfortunately, I didn't watch this episode live. Um, and I've been uh, getting notifications from the Dispatch's Twitter account. And this was spoiled for me. That, like, uh. that, that, that screen cap of her and, you know, with the, with the comments saying that she was dead. And I'm like, oh, wow, huh? Didn't. That's really Didn't weird think. of their social media team to do that. Yeah, yeah, it was why the next they, day. Why would they do that? I I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know. Do they re- they getting... they realize that like most people will watch this like afterwards via streaming, right? Yeah. You sh- you have to wait a week before. That's the new. That's the new one day is one week. Right. Right. Weird. That was a that was a bit of a bummer, but I mean. It wasn't too like nothing in this show has been so earth shattering to me because it's just so it can be so batshit at at times that I'm like, oh, okay, well, I don't think I I didn't consider her dying to be an option. But like, I guess it might make sense. And that's why she they weren't able to find her. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we're going to get more into the quote-unquote death of clara in in episode eight but i i just figured that was that was fun to share because you know it, it got i got a uh, homie got played yeah by the the dispatch's twitter account <laughs> yeah so dispatch's twitter account 
You played yourself, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Played him. Uh, any uh, any closing remarks on episode seven, uh, or ha- how how it it leads into episode eight from from either of you, Angelo? What do you uh, what do you got? Um, yeah. I mean, obviously now we know that Octavio isn't obviously the one in charge of everything, and that mm-hmm. Lee is is the architect, and um, that she has. Uh, obviously some motives that lead into us learning her backstory in episode 8 which is titled Lee um, mm-hmm. rightfully right. so we, we learn quite a lot it's a pretty packed episode it is pretty packed yeah there's a, I wouldn't call it an information dump but it was uh, pretty much of an information dump yeah I mean we don't know every detail still, and yeah. there's a lot, a lot still to unturn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's but a lot of questions that I still have after watching the flashbacks because I mean, uh, we see, we see characters that we've seen the past couple episodes that we still don't know their exact role. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We we, mm-hmm. we we ultimately we come to some, I guess, grieving points in the episode. We come to some. Uh, I guess more cliffhangers. We come. It, it yeah. It's kind of it yep. jumps all over. I mean, uh, uh, that's kind of the theme of each episode. It just jumps from emotion to emotion. It just kind of it's all. Oh over yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, also, I think what's pretty interesting about the end of this episode is while th- now we know that the game was fake, that it was all just a game. Mm-hmm. They never really say one way or the other if like the technology that the Jejun Institute created was fake, because that's true. They they did a lot of like really cool things regardless. Like, I I mean the dolphin definitely could have been fake, but mm-hmm. the I- the fact that like they were still able to create a memory out of like just photos. Yeah, absolutely. From from Facebook, right, right, is presumably also real, unless like Janice was in on it, in on it the whole time. Uh, so would that be something? That would be yeah. definitely something. I mean, I definitely, I, I, yes, this this was undoubtedly a game for everyone involved. However, who knows how much deeper it goes as far as the core four. And if they're involved in something bigger, and not not them knowing that they're involved in something bigger, but like where um, where this is going to go, and if if it's more than just a game for them, and if this was a targeted, I guess kind of I don't know, I don't even know what to call it, not a simulation, but like a targeted focus group. For uh-huh, uh-huh. for whoever is running this, who I guess technically we know who's running it from this episode, which is um, B- Bender Elmore. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, the company Bender Elmore. Yeah. Right. So I mean, who knows how deep it really goes, other than the game that we know is a game, which is yeah. There, episode eight definitely has a lot more openness to it. Mm-hmm. So we should probably just yeah, dive right into it. Let's go. Um, crack that crack that nut open. So yeah, we, it starts off with uh, the interview process for Octavio and uh, Commander Fourteen. They're all played by uh, 
uh, twins. And they did. Right. I, I really like how they kept um, Octavio as like a narrator, even though we find out that he isn't real. I, yeah, yeah I, I like that too. I yeah, like I was interested lot. by that. I think it's. I think it's just fun because Richard E. Grant is just such a great presence. He's so on good. The screen. Yeah. Especially when he's not when like we didn't talk about it too much in the last episode, but when he's not in Octavio, I mean Ch- Chuck, the character Chuck is on nitrous. Like literally says, <laughs> "Get me more, yeah. get me more nitrous." He's just a goof. He's insane. Like a big yeah. old clown and it's so good. It's like really really good. That's what I'm saying. And like then you like the mm-hmm. low point in that episode, like this would be I think the low point of the series. Yeah. Where they like, they find out that everything they've been doing is like fake and had like reality ripped out from under them. And then for mm-hmm. everybody to just to be like fucking fools and just it's it's great. It's so funny. It's so good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It just um, it just rubs it in the wrong way, you know. <laughs> for sure. So so right, it's this interview process. Uh we see Lee in front of the computer. She's she's got something to do. Mm-hmm. Uh she's, you know, trying to cast this whole big thing and uh I think the first significant uh well actually uh i mean she's she's just clearly overwhelmed she's got a lot of people coming to her with a lot of information because she's in charge of this whole big thing she's got you know three or four people the milkman's there as like her her right hand man or whatever we still don't know hardly anything about him he wasn't even in episode seven aside from the chase uh but he he is there presumably the co-architect or the closest thing to it i would um, i would think that he uh, was more of like an assistant like to her because she's definitely like this big wig at bender elmore right but there has to be some backstory as to why he's so obsessed with the chocolate milk and they would bring up the whole chocolate milk aspect in in clara's story like there has to be something more than just an assistant in that like there has to be some symbol of what the milk is because they wouldn't right. have put it in Peter's character and and also have the milkman. Like, I don't know. That is a good point. That is a good point. There's just some, like, oddness to that. Like, I I mean, like, yes, I, that was my first thought was that, yes, he is an assistant to, to Lee and that he obviously works for Bender Elmore in some aspect. But there has to be something underlying there. Yeah. Chocolate milk. It's a tasty treat. File that away. Like that's file, Yeah, file that, file that one away. Um, but clearly, as a result of her being overwhelmed, she 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 yells into a Bigfoot esque mask. <laughs> uh, she's she's very upset, and then she she proceeds to take uh, a little ticker tape uh, uh, that we find out that she pulled off of one of those street signs, like "Take what you need," and it's the word redemption. So, before we get too far into things, what what do we think that she needs? redemption from because she's the she's the top of this this big company uh she seemingly has everything she needs she has the financial security to do this big elaborate game Mm -hmm. but yet she she ended up taking the word redemption from the take what you need sign do you have do you either you have any thoughts on that i thought they were pretty clear about that actually i thought yeah well well go for it yeah because isn't it like she bought the she she bought like like flat out bought out uh Clara, which led to her mm-hmm. death. Right, in, in our understanding. Yeah, and that's why she's doing the game in the first place is to to make up for what she's done. Right to Clara. Yeah, 
she's trying to live up to Clara's ideology. Mm-hmm. Mm. Or at least, like, yeah, make something beautiful. Make something beautiful out of the, I guess, the the problems that pre- proceeded from this apparent kidnapping and abuse of this this girl, be it real or not real. We're gonna let's let's un- operate under the guise that the woman in black is Lee and Clara was a real girl who died in ninety nine. That's, that's that's presented that's to us. Yeah early yeah. early on here yeah and we um, still don't know the exact cause of death right mm-hmm. right even though they didn't even though they didn't well right she she said at the end of the episode episode seven that clara is dead and it was all her fault so so yes we know we know that angle mm-hmm. um but it, they don't go into too much too much detail they, as to how just like you said angela they do um i think hint at it a little bit in the audio recording that uh mm. that Lee finds right right um how she was she pretty much said that she was depressed so i'm thinking that she might have committed suicide mm. it mm-hmm. it felt it felt very much like that that could be the case with i mean the association with the color blue mm. uh, for for sadness i mean that could just be the story even though i feel like Blue is presented as a color so much different than the archetype uh, suggests, whereas, like, the color of black and succumbing to darkness is, like, what I would commonly associate with the... how they're presenting. Like, the way that they're presenting that as, like, succumbing to darkness being this depressive mode, Mm -hmm. uh, that normally is associated with blue, but for Clara, blue is, like her favorite color it's what she you know does all of her nonchalant what grows nonchalance uh why she when she you know paints that big waterfall in episode five i so there's sort of these weird there's a lot of color archetype stuff that you could we could talk to to death but like Mm -hmm. yeah clara that that may be maybe the case Mm -hmm. it could have been a could have been a suicide um but we can we can talk more about that tape because uh, we go, we sort of get into this weird back and forth pull between the past and the present because we see a lot of what Lee did to prep for the game, as well as see the four our four heroes together investigating the death of Clara and trying to come to grips with learning that new fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they they were given a clue by um, Lee at the end of the last mm-hmm. episode. And they were told to find this, um, I guess, mausoleum with... What was the name on it again? T. Emerson. T. Emerson. Yeah, so they, they find the mausoleum, and that's where they they come across the uh, the recording. And then as they listen to the recording, we also jump into a flashback where we find uh, Lee in the basement of Clara's house. Yeah. 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 Um, and she she that's where she finds the the tape recorder with this recording which was interesting because when when she goes into the basement it's it, it i mean it seemed so I, i'm trying to figure out was when she went into the basement after clara died i would assume oh wait yeah yes. that was like I, yeah. i'm i'm assuming that was right before the game like this was the inspiration for the game because 
when she's listening mm-hmm. to that recording is when she pulls that redemption tab. Right. Which right. is probably the inspiration yeah, for, like, the tabs that she used to grab people's attention. Okay. Because, yeah, True. I mean, we see we see the window in the basement. It's still painted right. on the wall. So that was real. Mm-hmm. I mean, they should use that house for the for the game. Yes. So right. that was there right. before. And then that hyper-realistic painting of Clara was, I guess, painted afterwards? Had to have been. Has to be. Yeah, because that's, yeah. that's not the real Clara. Mm-hmm. Well, the whole house was boarded up, and then it was they not boarded it. up after. Or was it boarded up when they found it? It might have been. Uh, no. It, it didn't look as run down as it did when, yeah, right. when it was, Lee it was found shabby. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they renovated it to some extent, but they still made it seem like it was not on the market or no one lived there. They made it seem like it was empty. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a At big fat that... for sale sign out front, and it looked no, like it right. probably was like yeah. on the market for a very long time. Like just nobody, nobody yeah. wanted to buy it. Right. And when you're the big wig, when you're the big wig of a corporation buying a little house like that, you get the money. Uh, yeah. Probably was just a snap of the finger. Yeah, you got the money. But yeah, so the recording is when we find out that she was depressed and that she. What other right. information did we get from that? I, I, I wrote I wrote down as much as I could. So so from the recording, uh, Clara goes into a little a little discourse about like there's this illusion uh, in life that everyone's in it for themselves, uh, and that her art uh, proper was was just trying to show uh, everyone that magic can exist. What do I? How do I have it exactly right? Her art was to show everyone that magic. Yes, but she wants to create something that spins people around and doesn't make sense. That that sort of harkens back to what we learned in episode five. She's just like wants to make this extravagant art that you you lose track of where you are. You're just uh, you know completely succumb to the the feeling that the the craziness of what you're seeing like questioning is it real is it fake uh, this whole idea that nonchalance as we've understood it for the last seven episodes has been built up to and that's like sort of Claire's whole thing she and then she questions that the um I she doesn't question she she elaborates in saying that the real magic uh between it all is in the connections between one another and I think that's where uh why this whole game as it was a game was all about cooperation in the end because you know the first thing she says is this there's an illusion that you're in it for yourselves but it's really not true stuff like this and the wonderment and all that this art and magic and blah 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 nonchalance brings everybody together and she just hoped that you know the last thing she could do on earth was you know question question whether or not it was so crazy that she could change the world with with her her art that's me babbling for understanding exactly what she was saying, but I think you got clearly it. she. I, I guess I, I guess I, I got it the best I could, but yeah, she she cared to just you know spread nonchalance because mm. that was her thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, totally. And I think it's just like the theme that we've been hearing from pretty much the beginning. Um. Yeah, we're, exactly. We're just kind of like looking into like the kernel of inspiration for this entire game was this this uh, recording that she had uh-huh. of this person, her friend, 
Right. Yeah, and I mean it, and it's and it's understandable why Lee is so upset because I mean she she takes this this light-hearted, happy-go-lucky girl who is enjoying making art and everything, and I guess tears her down to a point where it kills her, and right. and Lee obviously is is burdened by this even if even if she is part of corporate america that did did this she still feels like it's her responsibility and not not just a like a larger faction right mm-hmm. right she she has this duty to amend something that was yeah. broken it's quite literally presented to us that uh lee bought out clara's company yeah like clara had a company they're saying yeah mm-hmm. which is probably just like the elsewhere society or some right. some something right. like it, um, freelance artwork, you know, commissions or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So that's where Lee's at, I guess the the impetus to to drive the game. But now, flash forward to the present, our heroes hanging out at the Continental mm-hmm. because you know they love diners. That's their that diners. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we 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 get a lot dropped on us right there uh they don't they don't take too long to to help you realize that you know peter wants to go out on a date with simone she says yes uh janice gets a phone call we don't follow her yet but we'll follow her later um janice has got to go but you know peter simone tell me about the date can't wait to hear it and then quickly fred wins like yeah, I gotta go. Uh, gotta go too. Gotta go back to my uh, place of residence. <laughs> and um, then we go into uh, the mid part of the episode, the Peter and Simone date, and uh, subsequent separation. <laughs> Who cares to elaborate? Because there's a lot. There's a lot of uh, character growth and destruction. I think that happens in the next couple scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I could start with. Um the dinner and then if you want to continue Andrew with the after the dinner um, yeah but uh yeah I mean we we see um I don't I, w- what was in between the the diner and the dinner nothing. was it was there was nothing, nothing, in between? nothing. okay because I remember because most of the most of that the um episode was was just flashing back and forth between Lee's like story mm. so I didn't know if there was anything also thrown in there but yeah it's pretty much we see them we see peter all dressed up um at this fancy restaurant downtown somewhere um and we see simone um show up and uh he's visibly nervous you can definitely Mm -hmm. tell that this is not his typical night in with sushi and milk (laughs) <laughs> um, this is definitely out of his his comfort zone, but obviously he he is doing it for a reason, and that reason is because he's has feelings for Simone. Um, and yeah, they they sit down, and it 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 kind of turns into this. I, I don't want to say cringe fest, but it definitely is a little cringy, and how they they kind of engage, and and there's water that spills, and and. Uh, mm-hmm. He call it what it is. Call it what it is. Uh, yeah, it's I a mean, cringe fest. yeah, it, it's it's pretty cringy. I mean, I mean, he orders Simone a drink, and but he doesn't order himself a drink. He just has water, and um, uh, yeah, it it just it, the the events just turn into a scene where neither of them really feel comfortable in this setting. 
and and they just they decide to uh to to go off and do something they do feel comfortable with because that's they're used to they're used to the um unprofessionalism and and they they right. prefer being more comfortable with themselves out in out in the world rather than in a space where they need to feel part of proper part of, and, part of yeah part yeah. of this proper society mm-hmm. so um so yeah if you I think they refer I think they refer to it as as beauty withdrawal is what I what I I clocked uh they're both yeah. feeling that 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 loss from the game being over and yeah. that was basically the whole you know catalyst for their relationship yeah mm-hmm. i mean peter peter definitely feels after after uh, seeing how how distraught he is from finding out it's just a game i mean this is i don't remember exactly how many like days after the date was than than when they found out about the the game does anybody know? I don't know if it's. Uh, I mean, like how, there, how many days later? It's yeah, been? like there's really no good sense of time in, in the show. No, but probably, I mean, probably, like for the like mo- a day or two. Yeah, mm. I mean, for the most part, it just seems like he still hasn't fully come to terms with like how to how to deal with day to day life. He still feels kind of empty, and he he wants that. I guess he wants that adrenaline rush that he d- had when he was, I guess, searching for something, and mm-hmm. and he he's kind of. He he's missing something, and it's it's right. visible in in this date. Right, I think it's like he completely reverted back to who he was before the game, which was exactly the, which is the issue. Yeah, because like uh-huh. he because uh, Simone's trying to to get an idea of who Peter is, and he's mm-hmm. just like, uh, I don't feel like one way or the other on any topic. Yeah, but it, it was it was nice to note though that in at this date at the end of the date he does like open up and say that he hates like doing this and it, it makes him feel uncomfortable which he doesn't normally do like he he at least opens up about some of his feelings and 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 that's how they end up leaving is that they both feel out of place which was was nice right they so it was a little bit of growth but not much they go yeah. they go taste testing cheese sticks from Pats and Geno's yes they classic. Do. Classic Philly imagery. I was waiting. I was waiting for it. It was gonna come sometime. And I thought it was really yeah. funny how they were just like, "Oh yeah, they taste exactly the same." <laughs> <laughs> yep. Boys, let's do it here. Boys, let's do it here. Let's settle it. Let's settle it for uh, for any listeners that that is, you know, unfamiliar with the famous Pazzerginos, or you're maybe you're not from Philadelphia, or you're listening from this in California or Wisconsin or Texas. Uh, the best steak to get in or around the city, go. Delisandros, baby Delisandros, absolutely. Angelo, uh, I'm torn with Phillips. Phillips, mm. Phillips is really good. I, I that's uh, I've I grew I grew up with that down in, in South Philly. Um, I, I'm trying to yeah, that for me Phillips. Phillips. But I, I Phillips do, is on my list. Delisandros so is definitely I don't definitely think, up there. Yeah, Delisandros I didn't know about until until recently actually, like within the last couple oh. of years. Because it's like not where you would expect a good cheesesteak place to be. It's up in yeah. I know up in Roxborough. Yep, but it's, it's good. So damn hard. Because it's it's it's, it's like good. it tastes good and like they just stuff that sandwich with so much steak. It's just insane. Mm-hmm. They because like if you go anywhere else, if you go to like Pat's or Gino's, you're paying eleven dollars for like half a sandwich. <laughs> yep, yep. Fraudulent sandwiches. Let it let it though. It is. Is a good cheesesteak, mm-hmm. but I, yeah, 
But in the canon of Philadelphia cheesesteaks in the city of Philadelphia, seeing as we are all Philly boys now, mm -hmm. these are these pale in comparison to the the better locations that you can find. And I would like to also say that like there really is no better cheesesteak than the one that's like right down the street from you. Oh, that's a great. It's a great feeling. Yeah, because yeah. like it, it, you're gonna get a good cheesesteak wherever you go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the one that's mm -hmm. convenient, the one that's like right down the street, they're pretty good. Also, don't sleep on food cart cheesesteaks. They're cheap and they're also pretty damn good. Yeah. I believe that. Really, anywhere in, in Philadelphia, you will find a good Philadelphia cheesesteak. If you go outside of Philadelphia, don't get your hopes up. Not a guarantee. Hey, there are good ones, though, in New Jersey that I've had. I've had a good cheesesteak in New Jersey. Can't remember where, but I remember being like, okay, pretty good. Thunderbird in Springfield does a really good steak. That is true. I do agree. But then you, I mean, keep it in PA. Like, in your, if you're in PA, you got at least the heart, I guess. <laughs> well, not too. I get you. Guess you got to be within a certain distance of the city. I don't know if Pittsburgh's gonna have a good cheesesteak. Probably not. But a good Philly cheesesteak, let's say. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> that's been Cheesesteak Corner here at Pilot's Guide. That's our new podcast. podcast. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. We're fo our foodie podcast. There has to be a <laughs> podcast about cheesesteaks or something. Yeah, oh, there has sure. to be some little niche oh, of yeah. that. But oh yeah, where were uh, we? So they're so they're sharing steaks. Oh yeah, they're, yeah. they're sharing <laughs> and Gino's, Um and yeah, they taste the same. And then they go for a little bit of a walk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is kind of like where it just like goes downhill because Simone is still just trying to dig dig out who Peter is, but because he's just so indecisive, mm -hmm. she can't get through to him um mm -hmm. and then they they see a couple of guys eyeing the two of them up and she gets yeah. super uncomfortable um mm -hmm. and she like asked peter like do you know like why they looked at us like that and he was like oh it's probably just because you're pretty and she's like no 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 you don't <laughs> understand like if you can't like decide anything like how can you decide to like be with a person like me who is a trans woman right yeah she just flat out lays it on him mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like when i'm i'm usually like not okay with like back and forth like love story arcs like they get just trite and annoying this one yep. is really good i think because it's something that we haven't really explored a lot in like yeah i was actually television. i was hoping um, that's true for I, not hoping but like i was looking for some type of cartoon and some mm. type of redemption. Mm -hmm. Like, I was wondering if they were going to do some type of um, similar scene that they did when we first meet Simone and, and the way that, like, those two guys were looking at Simone and then she yeah. runs away. But, like, I was wondering if they were going to do another one with Peter this time. Like, that would have been cool if, if, if they took that route of, like, oh, that they're going to be happy together. But obviously that, that wasn't the case. But mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think that with this... this um will they won't they story it just feels more believable because like her um her i guess battle with her inner demons just yeah works yeah, I mean, in this in this uh instance yeah, yeah. i mean she, still... she it the weight is is heavy on her um and understandably so i mean she's society is not you know, anywhere close to where they need to be in recognizing her uh, the way that she should be recognized. Mm -hmm. um, and and dealing with that and the lack of support that she feels that Peter gives her because he is so wishy-washy and not convicted in any way, shape, or form, uh, she she's not going to 
to put up with it. Mm -hmm. And there's a, the a heart wrenching scene where where she says, you know, did you ever think about what it would be like if we were in a relationship? And Peter says, like, I thought about being happy a lot. And mm. it's just like, man, he he wants it so bad, but he can't give her exactly what she needs until he has a metamorphosis that he was in the process. I believed at watching the, the previous episodes that he was about to come out of his shell as soon as he you know left his job, yeah. um, and he's all excited about the the game. Once the game is torn away and he's back to regular old Peter, uh, things aren't going to work out as, you know, it, you may have expected after he sang Les Mis for her in the previous episode. Yeah, I think it's like she's scared that because he, he doesn't see the issue, which is the issue to her. Because yeah. he, he doesn't care that she's trans, but it's just such a huge part of her personality and who she is. Like you had, you can't just not see that. You can't be blind to that because it's going right. to affect not only himself in the uh, relationship, but her too, like wholly and completely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, she, she, like she's, she has a, a total right to be concerned mainly because in a big city like that, if you're for her being in a, in a public relationship, uh, she she wants to feel safe with someone who she wants to feel safe knowing that the person she's with will have her back whenever something like that would happen and yeah. she just does not feel like Peter's that person until <laughs> he learns more about who he is and then also more about obviously the community and and where he lives and and a lot of other factors mm -hmm. and so and so as he he asks her like how long is how long do i have to wait how long do I have to wait? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know, Peter. And he's like, one year. How about one year? And she's like, okay, fine, whatever. And so now we've got this timeline. We've got this countdown clock of one year. Do you think it's going to take an entire year? Um, You think that you think there's going to be like a time skip situation? Oh, yeah. I think so. I uh, think maybe like uh, this episode or next episode, there's going to be a time skip. Oh, my God. Um, I mean, I don't. Yeah, maybe. I think there could be. I don't think so, only because of what happened at the very end. Sure, maybe. I mean, maybe I not. I don't know. I th I feel like Fredwin kind of will keep this to himself. When we That's exactly what I was going to say. Because he doesn't want to like get them involved because he cares too much about them now. Mhm. Mm and then they're going to be like, "What the hell, man? We <laughs> we're in this together." Right, one year later, it's like, "Oh, I got it. I finally cracked it." Yeah, because cool. I I don't know because he's Fredwin's definitely still learning how to be, uh, a friend. You know, I, I never it never occurred to me until now, but I think he might be like on the spectrum. Yeah, I I, f I feel like that that might be the case. Could be the case. Yeah, and he's got like this savant thing going on. Oh, absolutely a savant. I mean, dude's got mind palaces. Yeah, he's a, he's a genius, straight up. Straight up genius. But yeah, so that 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 ends that story. Done. So we we flash back to the diner again, and we get to see uh, what was going on with Janice. Mm -hmm. You want to take that away? Go for it, Ange. I mean, yeah, it's a little heavy. Um, we see yeah. Janice um, get a call from what we find out is the hospital, um, and that she ha she doesn't tell everybody at the diner, but she says that she just has to go, and 
we see Fredwin say that he has to leave as well, mm-hmm. and he wants to be the friend that he never really was to her, um, and follows her and ends up showing up at the <laughs> hospital. Love it. Um, and we see Lev in the bed, and clearly Janice is is very uh, heartbroken to hear the mm-hmm. news that he Lev is I guess had another stroke um or some medical issue that mm-hmm. essentially leaves him to the point where they they just need to pull it and and kind of let him be at peace and uh and fredwin is is that shoulder to cry on for janice um right even though he he doesn't really know how to act and he feels that he's being a little intrusive but he's kind of light light on his toes with it and says like look if you want me here that's fine if you don't i'll leave mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And is very very nice about the situation, um, and yeah. So and when we see Janice, uh, she has to step out to call her son um, about the news that obviously her, her his dad is is going to to end up passing, um, and uh, and and Fredwin and Fredwin sits down and, and talks to Lev, uh, which was really nice. Right. I absolutely love this from Fred when, uh, when when he storms into the hospital, he's like pounding on the tables, points at a woman and says, you with the clipboard. Uh, you know, where is Lev last name uh, reducted? Uh, where where you know, where are you keeping him? And, and she's like, uh, he's he's in there. Are, are you you know, do you know? Do you know Janice or do you are, are you related to him at all? And he says, I'm Janice's game partner. And it just like storms takes past that as the opportunity to, to storm in, um, and, and yet he's he's there to to confront or not, to comfort her and, and to be there if she needs him for whatever he need. He's he's making himself fully fully available, and when she yeah when she needs him to talk to Lev while she well actually she leaves the room and he says, "Do you want me to?" to talk to him like he he stops her from going out of the room like three or four times to check like what he he should exactly be doing yeah. and he's like i heard you know when you talk to them it, it it can bring them a sense of peace and like he's talking to talking to him about like subliminal conspiracies <laughs> and like r- weird random stuff like uh hollow earth theory like nuts nuts stuff um but he's just making himself there you know be available and and be there while janice goes out to confront her younger self for what may be the final time i think this is the point where her and her younger self come to terms with who they are and who they want to be um and uh yeah older janice isn't gonna let younger janice hold her back i i know younger janice has said multiple times you're just a mother you're just a, a wife and Janice says, "Look, when Lev's gone, I, I can't be grounded anymore. I've got so much life, more life to live. I gotta figure uh, myself I can be, out. No. I gotta figure herself. She's gotta figure herself out. She, she is clearly youthful. Um, she's got an exuberance about her that you know, you know, she's she's made friends, uh, especially Fredwin, and you know she, you know, doesn't take no." from a lot of people i mean we saw when she ordered the tequila shots in the bar a couple episodes back she's like she means business she's she's ready to she she has a lot of fun but it's this persistent 
voice in her head that's been holding her back. And, you know, it's because the voice in her head, uh, her younger self says, you know, Lev is all she has. Her her younger self. I guess there's this transition. I Catch me if I'm correct, but like this Janice that we see, the younger Janice, is like an older version of the same younger Janice. Like this is her like a couple years past the marriage, I would think. Uh, Does that track? Yes, yeah, absolutely. I would say so. So when we see young Janice the first time at the wedding, you know, she's beating on older Janice about, you know, Lev's holding you back. And now it's fun. It's funny because we see the younger Janice now. She looks different. Her hair's different. And she's like, Lev is all I have. You can't take him away from me. And it's like, oh, you, you see the transition of one Janice to another. Like, this is where she, she changed from the, you know, adventurer to the person that was dependent on this other person. And now older Janice is like, you know, cut that. I'm going back to where, how I felt about myself before you know uh yeah i the mean whole situation the younger janice has always just been like this obstacle to janice like she's always been this voice of like antagonism telling her the exact opposite of like or telling her exactly what she wants to hear whether like that's for good or for bad yeah um and so in this instance it's a version of her that's telling her like no you can't like do this because all you are is a mother and a wife and now that your son's gone you can't like you can't euthanize your husband is that the right like, did that come out right uh yeah 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 I, um i guess that's it you can't pull the plug on him because without him mm. you're nothing i think this would be totally different if fredwin wasn't there like her decision might have been totally different if fredwin wasn't there because i think with fredwin mm-hmm. there she's realizing like i'm not just this like i'm much more i have friends because right. No, I don't think Janice has friends. Like, Mm-mm. I think th- I mean she doesn't even have her son. Yeah, because I mean, right. she, Yeah, he's gone. He's in the Midwest somewhere. Which is interesting because we don't see him at the funeral. I think you do. Yeah, yeah. that's the guy. The guy that she goes to. I, the family that she goes to. Okay. I think that little girl is is uh his her, daughter, her granddaughter. Yeah, okay. her granddaughter. But yeah, so like, I think now she's like she can finally let go because she's got this mm-hmm. other thing she realized like there's more to live for and this that's a huge part of, that's been a huge part of her character mm-hmm. i think this is sort of the culmination of her character arc i would say mm-hmm. with the the pulling the plug on lev and and being finally untethered you know on her own exactly untethered yeah but it, but it's like still like so bittersweet because like she's she's got to kill her husband <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. She's got well, yeah. I, not not kill her husband, but like let her husband die. I keep <laughs> She's like, got to murder her I keep husband. making it sound like she's like <laughs> trying to fucking kill her husband. <laughs> but it was the little clown boy the whole time. Yeah, a sad clown boy. Where the hell is he? <laughs> yeah, he's been missing ever since uh Fredwin's episode, right? God. Oh. Uh, no, not Fredwin's. I want to know about clown was, boy. Uh, it was the two episodes ago when they were in Yeah. Uh, yeah please touch please museum. Please touch museum. Oh my god. <laughs> But, yeah. Uh, so, so Angelo, go for it. But yeah, no. I mean, we so we see, uh, we see her give the give the doctor a nod. Um, mm-hmm. She uh, doesn't literally pull a plug. She she turns off the um, the, <laughs> the, the I'm assuming is uh, life support and uh, and yeah and and, yep. and you see Janice talking to him before before he flatlines and and um, 
and and she says, "Oh, I'm here for you," and and mm-hmm. and your and your son is here for you, and as you see, oh. and you see that, and you see um, Fred Wynn grab Lev's other hand. Um, so good. And uh, yeah, it was just a very, it was a sweet gesture, and uh, definitely made Janice feel a lot better about her decision. Um, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think we see too much after that. It's just kind of we no. see those those symbols of just the the hands being held and then it just kind of pans to what i believe is the funeral next right yep straight mm-hmm. to the funeral yeah um, oh with that that actually reminds me the uh the thumbnail for this episode pissed me off because it was janice at that funeral so i knew going into that oh fucking lev died yeah. amc get your shit together <laughs> you know for for whatever reason i think the, the in the back of my mind i was thinking it was like some weird impromptu funeral for like Clara or some shit I, I, I didn't I yeah I, I, I did see the pictures of, of her at uh, at the funeral obviously um, but yeah yeah sad Lev spoilers dies uh, via the thumbnail that's yeah you gotta get there they gotta get their act together yeah it's pretty bad alright sorry continue but yeah funeral no, so, times but yeah, yes Angelo. so we're at the uh at the funeral, um, Janice is, is giving a, a nice speech. Um, don't remember exactly all the details. Did you write anything yeah, it's, down? Yeah, or? it's it's nothing too significant. I mean, she just talks about, you know, how much she cared about him and who yeah. he was, what he meant to um, her. And we obviously you know. see all of the, the players there at the... Yep. Um, not the players. Uh, we see Janice, or we see Simone, Peter, and Fredwin there, obviously. Um, because they're Fredwin's the, in the front row, baby. Fredwin's there, um... As, as close as he could be just because he was there through that whole process and and um and and then we see janice and sorry simone and peter in the back mm-hmm. um not sitting together they're sitting a row apart from each other yeah. um and we see the tension there because clearly it's been at least i mean it, going by like normal funeral time lines like how long it usually takes um it's it been at least a week i would say right, since since, right. since they decided to part ways uh, uh, peter and simone mm-hmm. so obviously there's still tension there um and uh yeah it it, it uh it kind of ends up with them all she ends she ends her speech um they end mm-hmm. up going to stand by a tree um and and just kind of talk about they, they don't really talk about much they just kind of yeah. Offer their condolences and and go on with on on with the day. Well, Fr- Fredwin right. Fredwin gives out the uh, the dossiers that he picked yes. up from the prop room last episode. Right. This is the most the the what does he say? He says like I couldn't think of a better time to do it, and I just felt like uh, this uh, this is the mo- this is the moment that I've decided to to hand these <laughs> to you. He made oh, the exact decision. Yeah. There's a lot of consideration, and I just uh, decided now. <laughs> And, and nobody's <laughs> yeah. surprised because he just does not pick up on social cues well. <laughs> right, right. Like, all right, that's fine. You, you're you. That's all right. So now they have all the details about each about themselves, and they don't really, they don't really linger on those for too much. But you know, it might be it might be something for uh, the the final two episodes of the season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's she's very thankful that they're there, um, and she doesn't really stick around too long because her, her granddaughter uh, sort of pulls her away, uh, I guess, to talk to her. her you know Ben's family. Yeah, uh, that's her son, and you know we we don't really we're done with Janice for the episode. Yeah. She's she's off doing her own thing. Yeah, and then we get the narration from Lee reading from everybody's dossier. 
which I think it's interesting because like the way that she's reading it, she's reading it like it's one dossier, but there's just like yeah elements from each player mm-hmm. in one because mm-hmm. like the whole the whole theme is like think of this person as you, and so now like everybody's the same person. I don't yes. know that was a little interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we brought it up, but when through all those flashbacks that we got with Lee, it's funny that this whole Lee-centric episode, we hardly, I feel like we hardly talked about Lee. Um, She, when she was watching their inductions, uh, put them, like, took the decision to put them in a pair because she, she felt like something special was going to happen with the four of these people together. And and I guess she's saying, I guess this is delivered while she's reading the documents uh outlet or narrating the documents as we see the the four characters pan to um but she says like for better or for worse and in some cases it's for better in, in the sense of fredwin understanding uh what it's like to be a friend and janice realizing that she has people that are there for her but like for peter and simone it's a pretty shit situation mm. um and and you know they these were the four the only four players in the game that were like not doing the same sheeple like oh we're blue side or you know blue team gold team they were like on their own thing so clearly she saw like this something in each of them from their little brief interactions with the at the induction ceremony <laughs> that like told her these are the people that we got to focus on because something crazy is about to happen mm-hmm. and there's still a lot of potential to like for something crazy to happen and uh, it, it appropriately lingers on fredwin at to end the episode yeah uh lee lee is not too keen on fredwin no to say the least especially because like as we're seeing in the uh, flashbacks before he's kind of like the catalyst that ruined the game almost ruined the game for her yep, <laughs> yep. He, he really did drive the whole ever since he like stowed away in that trunk things nearly got right. derailed for her and so, like, in the dossier, she's saying, like, how much of a handful he can be. And as she's saying this, we see him breaking back into the uh, the mausoleum that held uh, the urn of of uh, Clara, Clara Torres. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, mm-hmm. he, he opens it up. There's nothing in there but candy. <laughs> yeah, candy. yeah. Yeah, so... See... Because if anybody's going to disrespect a grave, it's going to be Fredwin because he don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, wait. Let, let, the, the scene was really funny because he just opens the urn and takes out and puts it in his mouth. Yeah. We don't even know. We don't know. <laughs> we had no we idea that it was candy. candy. No, we just assumed just that he's eating ashes. Poor girl's ashes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it pans down, and, and we see like Skittles or whatever kind of candy it was. But uh, that's the end yeah, of the episode. Was, my my last note, one. my last bullet hmm. point was just that it never ends. It, it that was just the last scene, like the last thought was that sure. like, this doesn't. There there's more. There's there's more. Something else, else other than this game. At least that's my my idea. Well, I mean that's good because like every other phase, baby. Everything else was like wrapped up except for like the relationship between Simone and Peter. Yeah. Right. And the right. little clown boy. So I'm glad that they ended it on that cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Now, now that now that we're here, mm-hmm. where's Clara? Before here, uh, before you answer right. that, do you do you want to know the next two episodes' names? Uh, I mean, it's public knowledge, so like I would sure. 
Sure. Okay. Let's so, let's let's you know prognosticate on that. So episode nine is titled The Creator. Oh. Okay. And then episode ten is titled The Boy. Hell yeah! Finally, we get it. We get the little <laughs> clown boy. The final episode is The Boy. Who is Clown Boy? So what is his thing? Those are the final two episodes. All right. So I, I mean I don't know if that affects your 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 thought on where Clara is, but or uh, a little bit now actually. Okay, so what I found interesting was that in the mausoleum the second time, it doesn't. I mean I guess because they don't show it that you would just have to assume that it is. Clara's because in the first scene that we see them in the mausoleum, we see Clara's like plaque that says like her name and her date yep. when she died. But in the second one, we just assume that it's still hers, even though they don't show it. Oh, that is a good point. Like they could have sweat, they could have taken her yeah, actual like they could, urn out and swapped yeah. it. So like that makes me wonder: was she actually buried, or is that her? Like I yeah, that like that kind of had some questions for me. Um, I mean, obviously, from what we know, that yes, she is deceased. We don't know where she is. We don't know how she died. We have ideas, but... Well, I mean, it's yeah, that, heavily that she's not. Right. Exactly. Right. Because so, the ashes ain't ashes. They skittles. They skittles. Unless <laughs> that's what happens when creative people burn. They burn the colorful <laughs> yeah. skittles. Yeah, true, true. That She said replace my ashes with skittles because <laughs> that's fun and when somebody <laughs> grave robs me they're gonna be like wow this world is magic ain't it wow Yo, she's delicious what, what if <laughs> clara this is all part of clara's plan and that this is part of her creative process to think that she is to think to to like have lee think that she is dead and then oh, maybe like she's, she's still on, Lee? maybe she's no. still on the run. Okay, I think Lee knows. I think Lee is Clara. Yes, I've said, I've said call it, it. Call it what it is. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Yeah, I think Lee is Clara. But like I said before we recorded, why is her name Lee then? Why not? Why ain't her name Clara? <laughs> because Clara's dead. Symbolically, she changed her name. Sim- right, right. She she died when right. she sold out. Right, just like any artist. Yeah, I think that's that's the the the. I mean, I would like to be proven wrong because I feel like that's too easy. But I think you're right. I think that's that's how it shapes up so far. Well, let it be known, she still could be Clara. Clara, no, Clara. Clara can't be a child. Still, that this can't be her mom. Right, she's for, unless she's forty years old, and Lee is about that age. About that age, right? So that it's off the board that Lee is Clara's mom, like I had thought from the flashback, because in the flashback for Clara, Lee was regular age Lee. I, I, yeah. So, hmm. I guess that is the only assumption to go on, unless she actually is dead, and this is like a triple, double, quadruple fake, um, and so she's either dead for reals or she is lee or she's a reptilian alien baby oh yeah point obviously but but then let's let's think about the clown boy oh i want i want your i want your real 
genuine thoughts on said clown boy. We've said in the past that we think he's just a symbol, but we know now that episode 10 is called The Boy. That's presumably the clown boy, unless somebody's having some sort of other kid. And maybe with time skip, I, I don't know. Uh, Tell me, gentlemen, who, who the clown boy is. I think he's a metaphor for like sadness and depression. I don't think he's actually real because nobody's seen him. Not even the super astute Fredwin, our superhero, could see him. Right. In, in, his, in his memory palace. I don't um, think he actually exists. Because remember, Angela. he also like only comes when oh, yeah. like uh, the character is like at a certain low point, you know. That is true. That is true. We've only seen him twice, though. Mm-hmm. Angela, what do you think? I, I really haven't put too much thought into it, just because, like, yes, it's that one like total unknown. Other than like, we we haven't seen him physically, like you said. We haven't seen. We've only seen him in, in those dark places that they've been but i don't i mean other other if i were to guess other than him being like metaphorical i would probably say he's i would say either he's the milkman or he's lee's son. Uh, lee no not lee's son oh okay maybe you i just... don't know i like it has to be connected to the it has to be connected to either lee or like whoever started all of this like i don't know if if it's if he's connected to clara or or any of that uh, he's definitely not i don't think story wise he's not connected to any of our four main characters i don't really okay. think that he would be like i unless like i thought about this early on i mean when we first mm-hmm. saw him i mean we first saw him in outside of Janice's house. So my, my right. head went to maybe he's Janice's son. Maybe Janice had a miscarriage and, and she was put into... Well, I mean, we see Lev holding we, a child. Right. So I don't I don't know. I mean, I there's a, a couple thoughts that, that could be related to Janice in some way, some small way, but mm-hmm. that could easily be de- debunked. But I, I don't know. I, it, I really don't know. But now that I know that there's a full episode on him, he's got to be real. I don't. I don't think that ne- that's necessarily the case. I. You said something that made me realize that um, I wouldn't be surprised if I, I'm. Gi- we're giving a lot of of credence to the milkman. We still don't know a lot about the milkman. I'm. I'm not saying the boy is is real, but he was real. I think there is a a a positive chance that it could be like this symbol of the sadness of when the milkman was a little boy and maybe maybe the milkman is more maybe he's the creator maybe that's what the creator is mm. i don't know he creates the milk <laughs> I, I i just th- i think i think it's literally a this is what he was when he was a boy he was sad and he did something and maybe like it's a tri- uh, you know like a double fake that she was the architect, but she he provided her with the supplies to build her story. So, so for Lee, me, that being for me, having watched the documentary a while ago, and, and at least having some knowledge of the actual events that happened, I mean, Octavio Coleman Esquire is a real person. Sure. And, but I mean, obviously, we see him depicted as a character. But maybe the show is going to take a left turn and actually 
he's going to show up or maybe he you will know, be real in the last two episodes. Well, you know, actually, mm. I really like the idea that the milkman is Octavio. Oh. Because, like, this whole time we think that he's, like, a lackey and, like, it would just be the classic, like, pull the rug out from under you for him to be, yeah. like, the bad guy the whole time, you know? I think he right. might be the creator. I think you guys are I mean, onto something I mean, main, Yeah, I mean, Please. mainly because, like, the whole, the, like, Jejun Institute and, and the idea that Lee gets is all Octavio's I guess from what I from what I remember from the documentary is that Octavio is the like the mastermind and he could be like obviously he's the creator I guess you could say so in in my head it was like they're kind of gonna swoop back and talk about maybe who Octavio was or who he is or or if, if he's still connected in some way to the institute or mm. if if bender elmore it really is like a different version of the jejun institute if they're like a new company that jejun made or i like there's just so many different ways that it could go but i know like at least in my head i'm still kind of set on the fact that octavio is real and that wasn't the end of like chucks yeah. wasn't the end of that mm. i don't so, know i don't I mean, know that, if the, i don't know if uh -huh. jejun's real i think that jejun is like a uh uh, a symbol or metaphor, metaphor, metaphor for like the Bender yeah. Elmore, like they're the what Dijun right. was based off of. And I'm still, I mean, I'm also like pretty confident that like Lee is Clara, which gives credence to him, to the Milkman being like the uh, that version of Octavio, because like the right. the game was based off of a real event that happened. Right, and that's what I was gonna say that like she's drawing on these real life facts so Octavio being a character that she cast there's, there's probably some truth in the existence of an actual Octavio mm -hmm. the creator the creator of the, creator. the institute and the boy was when he was little could be maybe he's actually a demon and the boy is like the supernatural thing that he sends out to people to make him sad I don't know maybe maybe <laughs> Maybe it's a uh, maybe it's an emotional leech. Yeah, the the sad boy is there to just uh, suck your happiness. Yeah, maybe they'll just like completely do a one hundred and eighty, and then make this all about like the supernatural vampire child. Who knows? Could you imagine? I, you know what? I wouldn't even be that upset. <laughs> no, season two, baby. They gotta <laughs> they gotta fight the vampires. Well, that's the thing. Is like this this show is ca uh, cast as a anthology series, so like. Assuming that there's going to be another season, it's not going to be about the institute, right? It's not going right. to be about this right. story. Well, it could be about the. It could still be involved with the institute, but it just you know different squad, right? Different coming to grips with a different with different you know social issues and personal problems. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I don't know. There's there's a lot of different ways that it could go. Absolutely, but I'm I'm interested. Two two more episodes. Two more episodes. And needs one more, one more pod. One more pod. Uh, hey, that that's that's a great great way to to send it off. Uh, everybody, this has been another episode of the Pilot's Guide to Nonchalance. Thank you, Angelo and Andrew, uh, for joining me today to, to discuss this show and uh, for all the uh, nice, thought provoking conversation that came out of it. Um, if this is your first time, for some reason, listening to to the Pilot's Guide uh, umbrella, Pilot's Guide to Nonchalance, you can check out the rest of our podcasts. 
the proper Pilot's Guide episodes, which are uh, pilot episode reviews based on streaming service original TV shows. Uh, last week, we just put out an episode on the new Netflix show, I'm Not Okay With This. I recorded that with my uh, regular Pilot's Guide co-host, Sean, um, who's always putting in work with me. But we've had a, a lot, a whole host of people on the, on the pod uh, throughout our first year of uh, existence and uh, we're coming right around to episode 50 so there's a, a lot of good content coming out uh, a couple more netflix shows some hulu shows um and all that that good stuff uh, you can connect with the podcast at pilots guide pod on twitter or send an email pilots guide pod at gmail.com uh, we'd also appreciate it if you'd hit up uh pilots guide podcast on uh, apple uh, podcasts and leave us a five-star review and uh and a rating and all that good good stuff to to keep uh, helping us spread the word about Pilot's Guide. Um, we want to hear from you. We want to know what you want to watch. Uh, if you have another idea for a long series, uh, I think I, I've I've liked doing this with Angelo and uh, Andrew. So maybe we can get another one cooking um, a couple months down the road, or as early as who knows when. Um, but boys, do you have uh, anything to plug before we we sign off for the folks at home? I got nothing. Yeah, I got nothing. Hmm. Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's been pretty quiet. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just gonna harp on what John was saying. With uh, yeah, if 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 you guys want another long series, let us know what you're interested and what you think would be a good good interesting analysis of a show. Because um, I know yeah. I've had a bunch of fun doing this um watching watching a show each week and and keeping up with it i mean i i, I love i love a good binge but it's mm-hmm. it's nice to keep me on my toes sometimes when a show comes out and you're watching it each week um mm-hmm. and yeah i mean it's it's uh it's been a fun time doing dispatches so give us give us uh give us some suggestions and, and yeah we'll give us a hoot I'd say preferably something that's new and hasn't come out yet, maybe, mm-hmm. yeah. um, because that way we can we can not do it in a, in a binge mode fashion and just sort of be able to produce start fresh uh, on a week to week ish basis. Mm. But anyway, yes, we want to hear from you. Uh, we love you. We thank you for listening today, um, boys. I think that uh, that about does it for another episode of Pilot's Guide to Nonchalance. All right. Um, as we always say here at Pilot's Guide. Uh, you may all now feel free to roam about the cabin. This has been cabin. another episode. We will be back in two weeks to conclude the mystery. Oh, oh it's starting to hit home Philadelphia's a bit. starting to hit home. Oh, man. Our journey is coming to an end. Yeah, that's sad. And everyone, make sure to stay home, stay safe. Yes, wash, wash your hands. hands. Yes, yes. Don't roam too far outside of the cabin. Roam around your apartment. <laughs> you always, can have always nonchalance. With a mask. You can you can have some nonchalance inside. Yes. Take take a little bit of that nonchalance. Play play some video games or read a book. Alright, this has been another episode of Pilot's Guide to Nonchalance. Uh, we'll be back soon to conclude the craziness. Bye. Bye-bye. See ya.